Welcome to the Weekly Dose Podcast, your one-stop shop for the weekly news in incretin mimetic therapies with your host, Man on the Majaro, Dave Knapp. Welcome to a special edition of On the Pen, the Weekly Dose. Today we're coming at you with a update on the E, excuse me, the Novo Nordisk quarter four earnings call. I'm Dave Knapp, man on the Manjaro. That's why I am here. You are on the pen. Wagobi, Saxena Victoza, Trulicity, Manjaro, Zetbound. That pen is the pen that you're on, and that's why you're here. But today we are doing a special uh, podcast, a special edition of the Weekly Dose where we're covering the Quarter four, Novo Nordisk earnings call, and we're going to jump right into it. There is some interesting news to get to. If you have followed On the Pen with Man on the Manjaro for any amount of time, you've seen these done before. Uh, I've been doing them for the Eli Lilly earnings calls. There'll be one in a a couple days here uh, to cover for Eli Lilly, but this is Novo Nordisk call, and it was just too good not to cover it. So if you are here, let me know in the chat. Dink is here. Welcome. I uh, hope that you've all had the chance to check out my new weekly podcast called The Weekly Dose. And it is just a 15-minute roundup of the weekly news in Incretin, mimetic therapies. And obviously, uh, we have to do a special one because this is going to take up a, f- a full 15 minutes. So some bonus material here. If you're new here, put an N in the chat next to your name. Let me know that you're new here. I'd love to welcome you by name. If you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, please make sure you get a five-star rating and review. And if you want to check the video version of this out, because there will be some so- slides uh, to show you, make sure that you go over to my YouTube channel and subscribe uh, to the On The Pen uh, with Man on the Majaro page. Uh, welcome, Secondine, welcome, Pamela. Welcome, Dink. Good to have you here. So let's jump right into it. So this is the quarter four earnings call. Let's just, you know, cut right to the chase. Novo Nordisk made a ton of money. Uh, they continued to make a ton of money, and they're making money off the backs of their Incretin Mimetic Therapies, also known as Ozempic and Wagovi. And I think that there's just some really, really interesting news to cover here. So last year the market saw a 30% expansion in in GLP-1 treatments for diabetes, which is a huge expansion. Novo Nordisk still maintains 54% market share in that space, which is just absolutely astounding, especially given um, how many people have to be leaving their platform for the the Lilly option, Manjaro. uh, And Lilly has done a much better job in their rollout even though they they have definitely dealt with their own supply constraints. Uh, They've done a lot better job than Novo Nordisk has, but Novo Nordisk, nonetheless, having been in the market with the uh, Ozempic. And then, of course, before that, you have Victoza, the two GLP-1 treatments offered by Novo Nordisk. They maintain 54% market share in the GLP-1 space for diabetes, which is huge. They They have seen a double in the obesity treatment market. And there's a really interesting graph that I wanted to share with you all today that just kind of shows where the market share is. And I think you'll see probably the same thing that I see on this graph here. There is a, let's see here, bear with me. Nope, nope, nope. 
I didn't get it uploaded. Awesome. Well, I didn't get it uploaded, but basically what you see is, is you see this big jump in the last couple of months for uh, Zepbound scripts, which are definitely, I think they'll continue to show these graphs until it's not beneficial to them. You'll see, you'll see Eli Lilly overtake the, the Wagovi uh, treatments for sure. Today we heard that no uh, Eli Lilly is writing forty thousand prescriptions a week of Zetbound, uh, brace for shortages of Zetbound, please. Um, but this isn't a Lilly call, you know. I'm sort of a Lilly fanboy, but uh, that is uh, it was an interesting slide to see because there's just this little green thing at the bottom. You see it's going straight up, and that is the Zetbound script. So. No, uh, Eli Lilly is poised to obviously take some of that market share away from, from Novo Nordisk, but Novo Nordisk is going to continue to scratch and claw. Uh, they did announce that they have doubled their, their manufacturing of Wagovi, the, the early doses. So there's been a huge shortage. They put an emphasis on maintaining the 2.4 so that they could continue to provide the 2.4 pens uh, to people who've been on the treatment. Uh, for a long time, but they've doubled uh, their output over the prior couple of months of the early doses of Wagovi. But I just want to remind you of some basic math that zero times two is still zero. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see if we see any any actual real world uh, impact on that in the community. Uh, but they definitely, definitely were focused on, on, um, uh, reassuring investors that they're putting tons and tons of effort into improving, especially their API manufacturing is API short for active pharmaceutical ingredient and just uh, in increasing the amount of partners that they work with to produce semaglutide as well as some major investments that we've already covered on this channel um, into uh, additional manufacturing facilities that they expect by 2025 will be producing more of the active ingredients. Uh, but yeah, it's it's the way down the road that those huge investments are gonna are gonna actually play out in the real world. The step trials. There was some interesting news on the step trials. Um, you saw that there was uh, some top level data released for the treatment of osteoarthritis and the treatment of heart failure uh, with preserved ejection infraction, which is just, uh, I'm not a cardiologist, but uh, basically just heart failure, cardiovascular disease. This is really good news for those of you ears perk up if you are on part D. So if you're on Medicare, this is where you have a glimmer of hope because we're hoping, or Novo Nordisk is hoping that within the first half of 2024, you see some of that step trial data, um, the the submissions they've made to the FDA, that you see approval for those uh, comorbidities, osteoarthritis, and heart heart failure. So for those of you who struggle with either of those and you're on Part D, these are going to be sort of a backdoor way for some of you to get on Wagovi. Uh, if you're not diabetic, obviously you can't get access to Ozempic. Um, so your access to Wagovi it being only approved for the treatment of, of chronic obesity. And these are two comorbidities that should be added by the FDA by mid-year. So that is a glimmer of hope for my sweet, sweet friends on Medicare Part D that have to deal with all of those headaches. 
you know, one of the interesting things is that Novo was touting again, this is for their investors, but this is where as a user of these medications and as a friend of thousands of people who are on them, you just roll your eyes. They've launched in seven additional countries for Wagovi in 2023, seven additional countries in for Wagovi. The supply chain has been a complete mess and there's the roller coaster of doses that this puts patients on, which is, which is wrong. It's more, it's just morally wrong. We, I think there will be trials that will show or, or data that will show down the road that this really messes with people to have to yo-yo on their dosages and deviate from the dosage schedule because of these supplies. And it is absolutely reckless to be launching a medication when you can't serve the, the markets that you're already in. I just absolutely, it just infuriates me, but it is reality. And that's where we're at. Um, the more interesting information um, about the uh, some of the clinical trials that they have going, you saw that they uh, released some data about Icosema versus basal insulin. Uh, and so basically, this is a combination of semaglutide and, and uh, insulin, and they just put it up against regular insulin. And of course, you saw uh, a better reduction in A1C uh, versus insulin alone. I think nobody's surprised by that outcome. I think what's really interesting is, you know, you had these uh, pharmaceutical companies touting, uh, you know, what a great thing they were doing for people by offering them cheaper uh, insulin, which was all brought on by litigation, right? Not necessarily the goodness of their hearts, um, <laughs> as if anybody expected that, right? Uh, but they they did it because they know full well that the GLP ones are the breakthrough treat are are a breakthrough treatment for diabetes just like insulin was. And now you see studies showing that that even in type one diabetics that semaglutide can potentially preserve beta cell function. I mean this is this is next level treatment beyond uh, insulin. And so just absolutely you know more great news about what a great molecule semaglutide actually is, especially for people with diabetes. On the obesity front, you see some really interesting information. Obviously, we have uh, Cagrosema, injectable Cagrosema is in phase three clinical trials. And so those phase three clinical trials, I believe, wrap up in at the end of 2024, which is really, really exciting. Uh, we're going to see readouts um, also for type 2 diabetes and chronic kidney disease, peripheral arterial disease, arterial disease, and then, yeah, the readouts of the phase 3 trials of Cagrosema come uh, in the second half of 2024. So that'll be really exciting. Cagrosema, for those of you who don't know it, is caglorinotide plus semaglutide. And caglorinotide is an amylin, amylin agonist, uh, just another hormone that, it, that it's working on uh, to help reduce hunger in people. So they are really, really excited for this one. This is the one that I think that that right now uh, you see it's 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 two point right? It's it's their it's their Wagovi two point uh, and so I think that they really see this as potentially rivaling uh, terzepatide, being a really really strong rival to terzepatide. Uh, but it's not the only rival they have to terze to terzepatide because you you heard today on the call about um, a dual agonist that they have. They have a GLP-1, GIP, that is 
actually being tested in phase one trials as a once monthly injection. So it's very similar acting on the same receptors as uh, terzepatide does, but in a once monthly shot. And so they fielded some interesting questions we'll get into later um, about, you know, is a a once monthly injection might be preferable to some, but how do you deal with side effects, right? Sort of the same question we were asking about uh, the study that they did out of the, out of, um, I think it was a Stanford School of Engineering with Nova Nordisk scientists injecting with a hydrogel, right? That would be like a, a once, a once a quarter injection or something like, how do you deal with side effects when it's just in you, right? Um, and then the titration schedule is just all raises a lot of interesting questions, but they do have that dual agonist, right? Uh, so that will come along down the road. So again, I did a video today kind of comparing um, the the advent of, of these really powerful GLP-1s to the advent of cell phones, right? So you, early 2000s, you had smartphones coming online and, it, and like you didn't really see manufacturers competing with each other at the time for market space. They were competing for capacity to be able to build these things because they could see that these were going to become an indispensable part of people's lives. And I think that GLP-1 medicines, especially that relates to the treatment of chronic obesity, that's what we're seeing in this pharmaceutical market right now. So you're not seeing really, of course, Eli Lilly and Novo Nordisk are competitors. But at this point in the game, they're not competing for market share. The market's bigger than than they can serve right now. What's What they're competing for is manufacturing capacity and the ability to build infrastructure to keep up with uh, the demand for the drugs. Because right now they're selling every pen that they make, right? So, so the demand is there. Uh, it's higher than the supply even. So they're not competing with each other, similar to the cell phone industry in the past. And so as you see more of these medicines come online, even medicines from the same manufacturers that compete with their other options, uh, there's just it just opens up a whole world um, of, of opportunity uh, for for treatment um, tailored a little bit more to your unique needs. And I think that's what makes especially Cagrosema really unique acting on uh, amylin. So they're also looking at an oral version of Cagrosema and they're progressing that into phase one trials. That's, you know, I think you're seeing a shift here in a lot of these earnings calls, whether we're talking about Novo Nordisk or we're talking about Eli Lilly to talking about the oral options of GLP-1s. And, and I think that's really because this there's no way they're ever going to keep up with supply if they keep having to, to come out with these injector pens, right? The injector pens are just not simply not a sustainable solution. So if you can develop an oral version of some of these medications, very similar to what they've done at Novo Nordisk with Rebelsis. Okay. So Rebelsis is just a pill form of Ozempic. Um, I think that, you know, you're going to see a push, right? So you have uh, Novo Nordisk putting uh, oral amicretin, which is again to just kind of how you would classify uh, Cagrosema uh, as a potential rival to or Fortlapron, the small molecule that Eli Lilly is putting forward. And a reason, a, a reason that I'm covering the Novo Nordisk calls now is honestly because this is a, as Cloakster said, this is a duopoly. Now, right? You have Novo Nordisk and you have Eli Lilly. Nobody else is playing in this space in a meaningful way yet. And so that's why we're going to cover these. And that's why it's hard to talk about one without talking about 
the other because one, you know they they kind of chase each other in the in the development of these medications. Moving on, uh, there was a, a question and answer session. I'm, I'm kind of jumping around in my notes. I hope I'm not skipping anything that is super notable here. Big, big focus, obviously, on increasing capacity to make more Wigovi because, again, they're, they're competing against themselves and their ability to get these medications manufactured. Uh, let's talk some about the question and answer session. Some of it we've already kind of covered as, I, as I've moved along here. So one of the questions, I think the biggest question that these investors had was in relation to the huge investments in infrastructure that Novo Nordisk has announced. And it was interesting because they were very hesitant to say and commit to exactly what these um, investments were going to entail. Now, they did detail that a while back when they announced their their huge uh Commitment, and I can't even remember how much money it was, but it was in the billions of dollars. Uh, maybe six billion is kind of what what rings a bell uh, into expanding manufacturing over in Europe for for Novo Nordisk. I think what is interesting is they they really did not want to answer what specifically they were going to be expanding. Obviously, active pharmaceutical ingredients was one that they touched on, but I think that. You know, could they be telegraphing here that they see a pivot coming at some point? And I'm not entirely sure what they think that pivot will be, but it seemed like they did not want to answer that. I thought that that was interesting. And I think maybe, just maybe, and this might be the glimmer of hope, like Jeremy's saying in the comments right now, Jeremy's saying, I'm paying $550 a month and I can't afford it anymore. You're going to see so much market share lost to other options, right? I'm just going to call them other options for sake of, but you all know what I mean when I say other options. People are going to turn to other options when they can't afford the branded options, right? And I think maybe what you see with the conversation shifting to oral treatments is that they see oral as being cheaper to manufacture and easier for people to get a hold of, right? Um, and if it if they can maintain profit margins with a pill uh, and bring down the cost for the consumer and match the efficacy, I think that's what they're trying to do. So I think you kind of see an arms race developing here between Lilly and Novo Nordisk to develop pill form uh treatments of, of increased mimetic therapies, because I think this is going to unlock the key to accessibility, not only in the United States, but around the world. It's just not a sustainable endeavor to treat obesity, which has become an increasingly global problem with these hard to manufacture pens. And so I think what we see is a little arms race developing. I, I wonder if maybe they're rethinking their strategy as to how to set everything up, but I, I'm just speculating at this point. I, I do really believe that there's, you'll see an arms race uh, develop over the, over the oral 
incretin therapy uh, options here in the next couple of years. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. That's the big stuff that I got from, from the Noble Nordisk call today. Huge emphasis on, on Wagovi increasing capacity, increasing accessibility, but they're just absolutely making money hand over fist. If you saw my video earlier this week, Novo Nordisk actually acquired a company. They, they were asked about this, but but they said that they'll be answering questions about this in the future. They, they acquired a, a company earlier uh, this week, and the name escapes me of, of the company. It's like Aracal, I think. I'm going to go with Aracal. I think that's what it was. Uh, and Aracal has a, a molecule in development that in rodents decreased rodents weight by 20% in two weeks, 20% in two weeks. That doesn't even sound possible. And obviously it's not been proven to be humanly possible yet. It's been proven to be rodently possible. Uh, so those are obviously two different things, but you just think about that uh, potential there. Obviously I don't think they could ever bring something to market that, that caused people to lose weight that fast. It would be just devastating on your body to lose weight that fast. But if they can find a way to, to isolate it and slow it down, make it not quite as potent, uh, to my knowledge, this is not an incretin therapy. So this is a whole new ball game. But, you know, they just nonchalantly threw, you know, a quarter of a million dollars at this asset. And so the question is, did they do that to buy the platform? Because it's a biopharmaceutical company that they can maybe buy some intelligence or, or was it for that specific molecule? So it's an exciting time to be an obesity, to be following obesity medicine. If you didn't get a chance to check, to catch that video, uh, check it out. I, I'm not sure I put it on YouTube, but it's over on TikTok. Uh, I'll drop it over here on YouTube as well. Uh, but that's what I got for the Novo earnings call. It's a think maybe the second one I've ever covered. So I'm not as familiar with these people in there. The calls are a little bit harder to follow because people speak with an accent that's harder for me to decipher uh, when they speak. And I'm just not as familiar with everything they're talking about. So it's harder to slow down and pay as much attention. But it was a, a fascinating call. Uh, I'll find a link to the transcript if you all want to go back. You can catch it by just going to novonordis.com. It's it's linked there if you want to li take a listen through stuff. It's about an hour long. Um but just a fascinating call. And I'm looking forward to doing Eli Lilly's here in the coming days. They're going to have their uh, quarter four of 2023 earnings call. And then they're going to have their forward looking uh, statements to make as far as uh, what's going on in the pipeline. So hopefully we'll learn a little bit more about the phase three trials of Ritatatride. Hopefully we'll learn a little bit more about Orphoglopron. And, you know, maybe, just maybe, we'll hear a little bit more about uh, the potential for the quick pens to come to the United States. The, sing the single uh, pen, kind of like the Ozempic pen, where all four of your monthly doses are in one pen, uh, or the single dose vials. I really think in order for them, if they're writing 40, here's my bold prediction, right? If Eli Lilly is, is writing 40,000 scripts of ZepBound a week, we're about to see single dose vials of Manjaro very quickly in the United States. That is just a, a prediction on my part. If they're going to keep up with supply, that's how they're going to do it at this point. Uh, so obviously they just told the, the United Kingdom that they could bring Manjaro immediately to market there. If they had the quick pens approved, they approved them. And in the United Kingdom, they're going to have uh, accessibility to Manjaro very soon. And so it opens up another market. 
And you see the 12.5 is in shortage here, right? Uh, official FDA shortage. That's not even, you know, anecdotal. It's in FDA shortage currently. And so take that for what it what it's worth. I hope that this uh, video was helpful. I hope that this was entertaining and I hope that it was informative. If it was, would you just hit that like, hit that bell and hit that sub? If you're on the podcast, give it a five-star rating and review. If you're just here and you didn't know that I had a podcast, check it out. It's called The Weekly Dose on the pen, The Weekly Dose. You can even ask your spy device, hey, Alexa, play on the pen, The Weekly Dose podcast, and your spy device will play the podcast. So hope you enjoyed it. If you did, consider uh, leaving it a like, comment, and we will catch you on the next stream. Thank you.